This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. I don't want to take everyone too far behind the curtain or shatter too much of the grand illusion. But despite what I say in the intro to this podcast, it is not actually recorded all on the one night. And we're also not in FBI studios. So I'm, I'm sorry to everyone. We like, we got you, gotcha, tricked you. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, if you actually think about how long each episode is, it'd be tough for us to have recorded all this on one night. And, you know, things happened uh, as things progress. And so um, our recording process has sort of changed over time and it's more or less stabilised to hopping on a Zoom, um, having a bit of a chat and doing one a week. But just at the moment, we're sort of comping and bunching a couple together. And uh, all on the same night, we are recording Speak No Evil and we recorded Resurrection and we're pretty fucking deep in the Feel Bad Club right here. And I might sound a bit chippy, but that's because occasionally on these nights, I like to flip around the mood for two somber <laughs> ones to then whip out just a bit, like I to genuinely chemically alter my mood <laughs> so that, you know, one of the Spooko apps on the nights is influenced by your mate and mine. What's up? Let's do it, Shag. Let's have a fun one today. Can, like, can it be a fun one? I think today can be a fun one. And mm. what? I want to do is something we haven't done in a while, which is a film I haven't seen. Oh, sick. This is a film I haven't seen, but read the Wikipedia synopsis and was like, this is batshit crazy. We need to How talk about How do you feel this. about doing those? Like, 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 I don't think you're betraying the heart of the podcast or anything. Like, you know, you don't have to have seen them all, I don't think. Well, I think the reasons why I haven't seen this one is mm. because, I mean, look, I had an opportunity to see it. But mm. it's a film from 1981, and fuck that. Like- oh, how slow would it be? Oh, my God. And also, and also, I think this is one of those films where mm. the Wikipedia synopsis sounds thrilling, but it's like mm. art, it's Polish art horror from the 80s. So I don't know if you've ever watched a Tarkovsky film, but it's like the ideas of them are amazing. You're like, is that, yes. Is that Russian arc or do I just yeah, not know a lot no, of no, no. filmmakers well, with that name? No, it's more like um, uh, Solaris, um, that one about going into the radioactive zone and discovering a room where all your wishes come true. Like I- incredibly interesting sounding films that I had to mm. watch in art school. And to be fair, I watched them when I was like, you know, 21 or 22, so I yeah, sucked okay. as a person and had, did not have the ability to appreciate good things and I didn't deserve good things because fuck 20-year-old man. But- okay, that, does, that, that escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 I guess my thing is it's like I think it was the right move for me to not watch this film because I still have enthusiasm for it and I'm not yes. like, oh, this is fucking boring and then this happened and then we had to wait mm. for this to happen. 
This is this this is why I'm a fan of the Fast and the Furious, which I, I've never seen any of the films. But, but to me, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Sounds awesome, like a lighthearted, fun film franchise. Yeah, get a new guest guest star every few movies. It's great, love it. Like I just really, I'm sort of about it in a general sense. Family at the end. Let's have a you know, Corona on the rooftop. Can't believe Paul died. Fucking, let's do it. Let's do it. I just love that it's not even like the synopsis. You're just the general description. (laughs) (laughs) Just the general atmosphere of them and, you know, the way they're made. I'm kind of like, it's the new James Bond. Like, you know, like it's what James Bond always should have been. Uh, And it's filmmaking at its absolute height. So bravo to the series of films I've never seen and don't plan to see either. But I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they're good. I think you're right in the sense that it's an American James Bond where James Bond, because it's English, mm. even though I don't know if the films are still English properties, kind of treats its audience with a little bit of respect, like they might be intelligent. Whereas, like, The Fast and the Furious is basically like, you're all dead shits. Here is the dumbest, easiest story to follow with heaps of explosions and heaps of high fives. It's my favourite franchise. (laughs) All right, okay, all right, okay. Sorry, that was me endorsing your view to say that you can understand things without having seen them. Thank you. I never read James Joyce's Ulysses. I got an HD for my essay on it <laughs> in English honours at uni. Like, the greatest minds in English in the country were happy, you know, considered my thoughts to be supremely insightful, despite the fact I hadn't read it. I, I was, this, I mean, this is high school. I never, I did. Mm. Uh, I oh, yeah, Wuthering well, Heights. You never read it. I never read it because I remember getting a couple of chapters in and I was like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. Fucking coffee. Fine. Like, <laughs> the moors and whatever. Um, I could be wrong. I remember hearing somewhere that, and I've, I've repeated this fact mm. often, and I don't know if this is true, but the song It's All Coming Back to Me Now, sung by both Celine Dion and no Nico. Way. W- w- one of the greatest songs of all time. Uh, okay. Really? Uh, I, I truly believe. I end a lot of DJ sets with Celine's It's All Coming Back to Me Now. And, you know, with that beginning of that dramatic piano being like, Dun, 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 dun. Shag, you're the greatest curator of like you are a blessing to us all. That's Dude, awesome. wait till you hear like a 4 a.m. Sydney pub of drunk people all in unison being like singing it. There yeah. were nights when the wind was so cold. <laughs> oh my god, it's amazing. But my understanding is, and again, this is a fact I read once and I've repeated mm. it so many times that it could be wrong, is that song is about Kathy digging up Heathcliff's corpse or, or Heathcliff digging up Kathy's corpse and dancing with it on the beach. Does that happen in the book somewhere? Yeah, I think Heathcliff digs up Kathy's corpse. I think. Yeah. But I sort of forget, I think Heathcliff also kills Kathy. Like yeah. His- yeah, I mean, it's a super dumb book. It, like, and it also gave birth <laughs> it's a to, super like... super dumb book. <laughs> it also gave birth to, like, the 5am club. Like, the thing that stays with me the most, you know my personality, is the narrator's like, I think I've wasted the day if I haven't done half my jobs by 10am, so that's why I wake up at 4.30. <laughs> and I'm like, Peach... This is a good this is a good rule to live your life by. I can't believe Emily Bronte started hustle culture. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> Hashtag 430 club or whatever. Do the words like riseth and grind show rise up somewhere? And grind. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so good. Heathcliff actually would buy into Hustle Company. Be like, hey, I'm self-made. What's up? I started being employed here, came back now, and so now I'm smoking cigars and driving Ferraris. Yeah. Anyway, all right, okay, all right, okay. So today, I'm sleeping with dead women. <laughs> it's beautiful best. dead women. <laughs> I'm back, banging guys, self-made banging guys. They call me Jimmy Ghost Bang. Oh. All right, okay, all right. Today, oh, fuck Peach. the Feel Bad Club. Shag, we're in the Feel Good Peach, Club. we're in the Feel Good Club, hopefully with today's. Is, like, is there a preview for this? Am I going to watch the trailer? You, you're going to have to. This is It's from 1981. It's a psychological horror drama film. There seems to be supernatural elements in it. Peach, fuck it. Let's watch the trailer together. Today, we are doing... Yeah, man. Possession. Possession in this motherfucker. Oh, Mark. Your wife keeps her own secrets. Make her talk to me. It'll be the way that she wants. Sam Neil. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what you want to do to Bob is just... He's very handsome. Inhuman. So what you're doing must be human. What's going to happen to us? Stop to you! Stop coming! Why, I have to go! I'll follow you! You can hate me as much as you like. But it's you who wants to know things for me. So please make it possible. different from anyone else. We are all the same, but in different words, different bodies, different versions, like insects, meat. What is it? It looks a bit baffling. <laughs> Wait till you read the synopsis. Right, I'm going to pause you, but I presume you're dropping gems, Shaq. Um, Do people still say dropping gems? <laughs> oh, no. Even watching the trailer, I'm like, I'm so glad I haven't watched this film. Oh, Shaq, I'm delighted you haven't. <laughs> it's just... For you. The idea of it seems great. The idea of watching any old film is great, and then you watch it, and it's just like, fuck, like, we've come so far. But hate, like hate watching stuff, there's sort of a lack of self-respect in that of like, I'm sorry, like I don't deserve, you know, deserve, use the word deserve mm. in an odd context earlier that we don't have to dive into. But it's like my time's worth so little that I'll watch stuff that people agree is very bad and unhelpful. And it's like, well, shake, we don't have to. We're grown-ups. Like, we, like we've got Pilates merchandise on the way that's related to our horror movie podcast. We've got lots going on. we gotta, we got to get it done. We can't waste our time watching this old film. <laughs> so so let's let's instead just very mm. quickly snap through this Wikipedia synopsis, mm. which sounds amazing. Peter Jackson could have directed this. I mean, you say that because Sam... Because Sam Neill's in it. Feels a bit silly and wacky, uh, a little bit horror-y. And a young Sam Neill. And like me, if you've never 
had a moment in your life when you're like, oh, wow, Sam Neill's attractive. Watch the trailer to Possession. The youngest we've seen him, you and I must be Jurassic Park, when mm. he's already a sort of like thick, early, middle-aged sort of dude who's just sort of nice, fine-looking. And wearing like a Matt Preston scarf. Uh, that's an Australian culture deep cut joke. Mm. But but in this trailer, it's like, oh, wow, like I can see how he got into acting Clearly, people were like, you're a babe, jump into this weird horror film from Poland. All right, okay. So, mm. let, let's talk about Possession, okay? Mark, who is played by Sam Neill, mm. is a spy. Uh, I just hate it. I don't know why. Sorry. Yep, okay, fine. But also, that's such an 80s thing. It's like, oh, I'm a spy. It's like, what? How many spies do you know? How many spies, writer of this film, did you know to write a film about them? Like, would any spy self-identify as a spy? Hey, I'm an analyst. Yeah, I'm a data analyst, work for the government. Although, 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 from our friend of the pod, Rob, who was Uh, on, you know, who who was on one of our episodes who worked in the government, uh, made a point to me once where he said, I've met spies in my time working in the nation's capital, mm. and the one defining feature of all of them is that they love to talk about how they're spies. <laughs> I love, I, but, but what I love about that is it's like there's like a popular misconception that you'd never know if someone's a spy because they'd never tell you, and it's like that goes against human nature. It's like of course they would fucking tell you. Uh, perhaps I think too highly of spies, but I can imagine <laughs> them being like, I no, you know, I'm just a pretty boring like. It's basically True Lies. You know, I'm basically Arnie from True Lies, all right? But even that, I, I think it wouldn't, I think it'd be more like, I'm not, not a spy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say it, but you draw your conclusion. I think it'd be like that. What, just a secret too good for you to keep it? Like, <laughs> I can't really tell you about <laughs> if I could. <laughs> but I can't. It's all. Oh, uh, I've not, not killed anybody <laughs> for the country. <laughs> oh, I can't answer that. I'm, you know, they make you say the odds and all that sort of stuff. Eh? Uh. <laughs> you know, but if I had, I'd tell you. It's, you know, it's pretty thrilling. Okay, so. He's a spy. He returns home to West Berlin from a mysterious... Uh, okay, West Berlin, 1981. So, the wall hasn't fallen. Yeah, wall came down in 89, didn't it? 91, 89. So, we're like properly in Cold War. Is it Cold Is that Cold War? Is that... Cold War. Yep. Yeah, okay. The iron, the iron Curtain coming down. Yeah, okay, cool. None of these beers is as good as Rush's. I'm having my second one now. Shaq, being in the fucking Have Fun Club... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one sock is Feel Bad Club, one sock's the Have Fun Club. But also, doesn't the Feel Bad Club make the Have Fun Club feel that much better? Oh, it's a very yin and yang experience. <laughs> perhaps, that, perhaps it's the same club. You- <gasps> oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> I feel like we are unlocking everything. Shag, drinking, it's the funnest and best thing to do. I love that you can't have spies (laughs) telling everyone that they're spies. You can't have that without Tim Roth eating a baby. You can't. You've got to have the two. The two have to. Sorry, I'm sorry. No, it's the. (laughs) No, but it's the have fun. It's the have fun club. It's the have fun club. All right. For the roller coaster, you got to click up slowly in order to fall down quickly. That's so. So Mark is a spy who returns home to West Berlin from a Mm. mysterious espionage mission to find that his wife Anna wants a divorce. She will not say why, but insists it is not because she found someone else. <laughs> I didn't not find someone else. 
But I do love early 80s misogyny. I'm like, oh, the only possibility is it's some other man. <laughs> so it's like you're choosing not me, the man. There must be another man involved. They are the things that's the only thing that could possibly interest you in your life. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. And then, and then things get complicated when you're like, we love Sam Neill. He's amazing. He's one of those, like, New Zealanders that Australia's like, nah, he's basically Australian because he's from New Zealand. And then it's like, but he was involved in, like, the sort of gently patriarchal filmmaking of the 80s. And Did we ever try to claim Flight of the Concords dudes or anything? No, we Australian couldn't. Or even Peter Jackson? Are they just too New Zealand? They're too New Zealand. And, in yeah. fact, there's an amazing Flight of the Concords episode where they pay out Australians and... My also my understanding is that as Australians, we assume that New Zealand's like it's just we're just part of the same corner of the world and we're all pals. My understanding is that New Zealanders as a whole are like fuck Australia and fuck Australians. No. They're gross. We're the worst. I'm sorry. I apologize for We might actually be the worst. Uh, we are the worst. We're yeah, the, we're the worst. The mix of like natural resources. Yeah. White privilege. Yeah. Patriarchy. Late stage capitalism. Yeah. Um, you know, access to the internet. Fucking Andrew Tate and Jordan Peterson's popularity. Like, I'm in partnership with people who go and see Jordan Peterson live. No, no, no. Peach, what? I'm in business with them. What? what? I make money because they make, like. What? Like, what? And I'm like, and I'm like you, you know, and it's like, there's not even an argument you can raise. It's like, you know, that's fucked. It's like, oh, I know what you're going to say, but, you know, he's got lots of, you know, he's got lots of interesting things to say as well. It's like, yeah, well. Anyway. So, yeah. Australia. I mean, no, in fact, no, no, in fact, that's fine. Like, uh, someone Fucking- in my team is a massive Joe Rogan head, and they express it by being like, oh, he makes some good points sometimes, and I'm like, oh. So does everyone. <laughs> Literally. Scott Morrison's like, man, it's nice to have a cup of coffee in the morning. And it's like, yeah, well. That's <laughs> 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 fun to support a local sports team. It's like, oh. That is actually a good point. Like, during, you know, some of the worst bushfires in Australia's history, Scott Morrison went to Hawaii, which was obviously a terrible thing for a prime minister to do. But at the same time, Go on a beach holiday. It's a good vibe. Self-care, yeah. <laughs> it takes a bit of courage to take some time away. You and I both know that, Shane. <laughs> and we're constantly telling, like, trying to combat toxic masculinity by being like, take time off, rest, look after yourself. And he does that. And mm. he just gets shut up. He's poor, poor fucking dude. <laughs> anyway, okay, all right, all right, okay. Mm. Fuck, we're like a sentence into this. Okay. I'm having the best time. Man, the feel good <laughs> the club. Feel good is club. <laughs> no, I think this is the have fun club. Have fun club. So the yeah. feel bad club, have fun club. Same club. Yep, same club. Anyway. You have to feel bad to have fun. <laughs> okay. Also, like law, like, or at least the understanding of law mm. by 80s filmmakers. All right, so... What a judge has sent her to jail. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. So she said she wants a divorce, and she doesn't say why, but she insists it's not because she found someone else. Mark then reluctantly turns the apartment and custody of their young son, Bob, over to her. He's like, okay, you want a divorce. Here's the apartment and my son. No one understands family law except family lawyers, right? Like, for me... Like, I'm pretty sure you just go in and the judge has, like, a 
scale, like it just does a percentage balance of like, yeah, Shag and Peach, you were married, but uh, I think Shag's going to get 67% of everything. <laughs> All right, there we go. And off we go. Um, so my knowledge of family law, and I know Stuart's listening to this, so, so Stuart, you're welcome to just slap me in the face next time we grab a rushes. But that could be entirely fine. Sam Neill might be like, oh, you did the classic abandonment on notice of divorce move. Could happen. Could happen in Poland. <laughs> Could happen in West Germany. <laughs> After recovering from a destructive drinking spree, he visits the apartment. to, f- And also, he's given the apartment custody over, but then he visits the apartment, which is a massive That's actually fire. fucked. I really don't like yeah. that. Yeah. To find Bob alone, who is their son, unkempt and neglected. When Anna returns, he stays with Bob, refusing to leave her alone with the child, but attempts to make amends. Didn't he just leave her alone? Didn't he just conclusively be like, I'll leave you alone for the child? Pete, I have film. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Anna leaves in the middle of the night. Mark receives a call from Anna's lover, Heinrich, telling him that Anna is with him. The next day, Mark meets Bob's teacher, Helen. She inexplicably looks identical to Anna, but with green eyes. Like identical. Like I, de- like I think they're played by the same actor, but she's got green eyes. But Shag, imagine if, <laughs> you know, you met someone who looked exactly <laughs> like me in the streets. <laughs> yeah, identical to me. You would be like, oh, this is a bit crazy. This is a little bit weird. You'd be like, uh. This is inexplicable. <laughs> yeah. like, you'd be like, oh, that's crazy. You'd be like, um, what the fuck? Nothing more about this. Okay. Mark then visits and fights Heinrich, who beats him. Why does he? Do we have an explanation why he fights Heinrich? Just just because Heinrich's sleeping with the woman who- I guess so. Sam Neill just agreed to divorce. But then he beats- Again, it's the 80s. It's like men just randomly beating women. But Mark then beats Anna at home, after which she flees. The next morning- they have another hysterical argument. Hysterical is a loaded term. Oh, yeah, hugely. I'm unimpressed Wikipedia used that, actually. During which they both cut themselves with an electric knife. Also, an electric knife is such an 80s. <laughs> like, why do we ever need electric knives? But imagine, like, like horror films in the 80s were like, look out for real knives, but fucking electric knives. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing blunter than an electric knife. <laughs> There's nothing less dangerous. <laughs> so... They both cut themselves, Anna on the throat and Mark on the arm. Mark hires, I don't know how we get to this, but Mark then hires a private investigator to follow Anna. Mark is a private, he's a spy. He's a spy, Anna. Actually, that's a really good point. He is a private investigator. That would be like if you were like a professional sports player Mm. and you hired an amateur Sports player to coach. Well, you can't coach. hire an amateur. The point of being an amateur is But, yeah, you're right. I can't think of a good analogy, but that's ridiculous. So, Anna, so the private investigator discovers that Anna has been keeping a second flat in a derelict apartment building. When the investigator discovers a bizarre tentacled creature in the bedroom, Anna kills him with a broken bottle. The lover of the now-dead detective Zimmerman goes to the flat himself where he finds the creature and his lover's dead body. Anna beats Zimmerman in a rage before stealing his gun and then shooting him to death. Homosexuality in the early 80s would have been seen as outlier 
conduct, I presume. And so this would have been designed to other the private investigator, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's kind of cool that it's like they don't treat him as the gay character. They're just like, mm. he's his lover. But at the same time, it's that criticism people make where it's like, oh, you give us gay characters and straight away they're dead. Thank you. Thank you for always killing the gay characters. Well, again, I think we mentioned James Bond last episode. It could have been only this episode because it's a fucking fun episode. I'm having fun. But there was a gay couple who were assassins in, like, some of the 60s, 70s Bond films who were like, oh, basically, being gay is so weird that it's made us assassins. Or, like, (laughs) our our homosexuality (laughs) is so deeply linked to our, like, identity and outlierness and weirdness that we also kill people. Confirm or deny, because I only Hmm. know the films and really, I only, like, really, I only really know the Daniel Craig films. But my understanding of the original James Bond novels mm. is that they are hyper problematic. I've only read like three of the early ones. Um, that from Russia with Love, I remember was gripping, and it was a gift from my mother-in-law who since died. And so, like, I like the whole thing of like, oh, it's a perfect book. <laughs> yeah, of but no, it's not. <laughs> 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 and like, there'll even be the racial descriptions. We spoke about accents earlier this year. And there's that element of like, oh, he had a classic Russian nose. And Shaggy, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, a real Slavic slant of the jaw or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, jeez. Oh, Ian Fleming, just fucking relax. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's like he, like bad blokes all around. Okay, all right. So anyway, tentacle creature. Mm. Anna's been keeping it in a second apartment. The private detective and his lover have both been killed by Anna after discovering this thing. Yes. Anna continues her erratic behavior and recounts to Mark a violent miscarriage. Like I don't. It's t- having not seen the film. This is difficult mm. to understand why they're still having exchanges after everything. That's yeah, we got divorced, champ. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. i got to bang Heinrich. But recounts to Mark a violent miscarriage she suffered in the subway while he was gone. She claims it resulted in a nervous breakdown. During the miscarriage, she oozed blood and fluids from her orifices. Heinrich mm. visits Anna at the second apartment and is shocked to discover the creature in the bedroom, as well as a collection of dismembered body parts in her refrigerator. She attacks him and Heinrich flees bleeding. Heinrich calls Mark. Okay, sorry. Yeah, oh, so Heinrich ahead. and Mark are teaming up now. Like, so I actually am following. Like, I, like, yeah. I, know, we're in, I know we're in Fun Club. <laughs> we'll have fucking whatever it's called. <laughs> they have Fun Club. I'm actually following. So now Heinrich and Mark are teaming up to investigate. I mean, this, this is like, you know, it is the 80s. So it feels like the plot of the, of the you know, if the question of this is a horror film is like, what if women were crazies, basically, <laughs> seems to be the, the plot of this film. Heinrich calls Mark and begs him. In to fact, yeah, Mark. like this is like, what if women were allowed the tiniest bit of independence and didn't have to rely on a man for some phase <laughs> of the film? They'd be like, oh, if that happened, it'd be horror. It'd be yeah, tentacle monster killer horror. So Heinrich calls Mark and begs him to pick him up. Mark stops by Anna's apartment first and discovers the body parts. The creature, however, is gone. So I don't think Mark has seen the creature yet or knows about the creature. Mark meets Heinrich at the bar where he murders him 
but stages it as an accidental death in the bathroom stall. Do you see why I was like, when I was reading this, I was like, what? like, there's still like three paragraphs left. This film is a fucking roller coaster. The, that scene would have taken eight minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm so glad you didn't spend that eight minutes watching it. <laughs> it's like, hey, Heinrich, how are you? Hey, Mark, I'm fine. Oh, should we get some beer? Yeah, let's have a beer. All right, how are things going? Oh, things are a bit crazy. Oh, that's cool. Should we go to the bathroom stall? Oh, maybe we should. Oh, you're killing me. Oh, no, don't put me in the bathroom stall. I'm so glad you didn't do that, Jack. He then sets Anna's apartment on fire before fleeing on Heinrich's motorcycle. At home, he finds. Uh, yeah, I look. I look. I'm. I'm with you. I'm but with he you. doesn't also, even know about the tentacle monster yet, does he? Also, like, you know, I'm gonna set. Like, like he still has a son. I don't know what's going on here. Anyway, yeah, okay. um, at home. Solving childcare is a really important plot point for me these days. Like, Mm. you and I, we might not talk about it on the podcast, but we'll talk about it in person, Shag. Fleischman is in trouble. And, like, a big part of it is like, oh, there are children involved. Here is how we're going to deal with them not being around for some of the important plot points going on. It's like, yeah, if you're going to have a child in Act 1, Chekhov's kid, (laughs) if you're going to have a child in Act 1, make sure we understand why in Act 3. Which yeah, Chekhov's kid is do. we need to know how this kid is being looked after the whole way through the film. Precisely. It can be a line of dialogue. It can be a flash of a, exactly. I don't know, a fucking oh, invoice. How crazy from the- how your grandparents were around <laughs> to look after the kid. <laughs> oh, these daycare bills, whew, they're, uh, they're going through the roof these days. Whew, we've got to pay them because we do use the service. Boarding school where they stay for a whole term. It's crazy if they stay there, but that's what they are. <laughs> I love, I love the conversation that would be, it's crazy that they stay there, but that's where they are. <laughs> I, was, I was born to write dialogue. Spooker Studios for life. Oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Fuck, it is fun to have fun. This is why it I don't is. think the feel bad club. Well, this, like, this is where I have a favorite side of the feel bad to have fun club. <laughs> The have fun side is my favourite side. Okay. I'm going to find a film this year that makes you happy to be a member of the Feel Bad Club. I'm going to find one. They are the ones that stay with me the longest. Oh, well, that's it, right? You're so true. You're so right. All right. Okay. All right. So, 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 so. At home, he finds Anna's friend Margie on the point of death as she emerges from the lift, bleeding from knife wounds. She dies. He drags the body inside where Anna greets him and the two have sex in the kitchen. <laughs> Afterward, he makes plans to cover up Margie's death. He then discovers Anna having sex with the creature. Uh, oh, a tentacle monster. Like a it's a tentacle, yeah. Japanese style, when it well, show penises, these are... Well, okay. well I mean, I, I, I don't think it would have been influenced by Anna. I mean, maybe it was, like, but 80s... You know, Polish director wouldn't have too many anime influences. I don't. I don't think. know the answer to that. Like, like Shaggy, is the answer that I'm in Japan? I want to show pornography. I can't depict penises, and so I use tentacle monsters. Like, have I made that up, or is that like a pop culture understanding? Tentacle pornography exists. Okay. I don't know if that's the reason. I think different cultures treat sexuality differently and treat, you know, depictions of sexuality differently and treat pornography differently. And I I think to go into why 
tentacle pornography exists, I think would be a longer explanation than it was a way to show penises. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's that's all it was. I don't know. Cool. But look, I, I don't know. But, but again, I don't know what this tentacle monster looks like. It could be one of those things where it's like not a lot of budget. What can we do? We can show the monster mostly off screen, but show a couple of tentacles. But you watched the preview. You saw it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 70 yeah. or 80 centimeter tall. Like sort of Krang energy, Krang with oh, a lot yeah, of tentacles Krang. energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so- Blo- Like bloody Krang energy. So he then discovers Anna having sex with the creature. Heinrich's mother phones Mark asking about her son. When he goes to meet with her, she commits suicide by taking several pills. There's two paragraphs left in this film. And we obviously don't know how Heinrich's mother came to- Anyway, yep. Yeah. The next day. This does feel like the longest movie ever, Shag. Oh, I'm so ooh. glad you didn't watch oh this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look after yourself, Shag. Like, don't watch one in every five films or one in every ten. Just just don't. Sometimes just pretend. You, just, well, you don't have to admit <laughs> it sometimes. But anytime I do pretend, there's always someone who's like, and quite rightly, is like, oh, you got this detail wrong. And I'm like, oh, fuck, yes, you caught me. Like, I do love our DMs, but sometimes it's like, oh, whew, yes, sorry, you, yep. The next day, as Mark wanders the street, his former business associates pressure him to rejoin them. So, hang on, hang on, isn't he a spy? (laughs) Yes, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Why is the spies being like, come back to the spies? (laughs) What is (laughs) he not being a spy? Spies PTY Limited, that profitable firm. (laughs) Stop staging deaths (laughs) and come back. Come back. Did he quit being a spy, actually? (laughs) I don't know. Okay. He's evasive and returns to Margie's apartment to find it surrounded by police and his former employers. He stages a distraction, allowing someone to sneak away in his car, but he is wounded in the ensuing shootout. Fleeing on the motorbike, he has a horrific accident and races into a building where he's pursued by Anna, the police, and his business associates. Anna reveals the creature, now fully formed as Mark's doppelganger. Mark raises his gun to shoot it, but he and Anna are gunned down by a hail of bullets from the police below. Bloodied and dying, Anna lies atop Mark and uses his gun to shoot herself. She dies in his arms and he jumps to his death through the stairwell. The doppelganger flees through the roof. Later, Helen- but Sorry, sorry. Like, can I, just, I don't know. Can I just have a pause? Like, yep, yep. Like, sorry, I'm not withdrawing this pause. This is just a, like, digesting pause. So- when we saw our tentacle monster, yeah, that was a Mark doppelganger in development. In development, yes, and okay. and now they've both been involved in like a police chase, and they've just uh, both committed murder by police. This, I think, was a late seventies, mid seventies, late seventies anxiety. I think your invasion of the body snatchers being taken over by those who look human but are not. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a big theme of this time. So we're not fighting any tentacle monsters. We're fighting doppelgangers. Doppelgangers are scary. Like, so, so yeah. So I'm, I, I'm I feel like there's, there's, a, there's an avenue of art cinema that's mm. all about doppelgangers that I just find really boring. Like, I don't care. It's supposed to be, like, so incredibly relevant. Like, there's a really famous, um, what's his name? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal film called i think the enemy or enemy where he meets a doppelganger 
And he's like, what the fuck? And the film ends with this really famous scene where he walks into a room and there's a giant spider there for no reason. And I don't know, for me, that just sums up the whole doppelganger cinema where it's like, it purports to mean so much, but it actually means nothing. It's like, oh, God, we're all... How crazy is it? How are there double <laughs> That's basically it, right? Anyway, anyway, later, Helen, remember, is Bob's teacher. Shag, like, how much is there left? Like, No, this is the end. This we had Heinrich's mum come in for a moment. We've got motorbikes around here. This is the end. So, okay. remember, Helen is the doppelganger of Anna with green eyes. Yes. She's at the flat babysitting Bob, who's just lost both of his parents, when the doorbell rings. Bob implores her not to open the door, but Helen ignores him. Because the one thing you do is ignore the kid that's just lost both their parents. That's, yeah, I think that's relax, parenting. kid. Just fucking shut up. The doorbell's rang. It could be. <laughs> From outside, the sound of sirens, planes, and explosions fill the air. Bob races through the flat into the bathroom where he floats in the bathtub face down. The silhouette of Mark's doppelganger is seen from the frosted glass door. Helen stares, her eyes shining. That's the end of Possession. So he killed Bob? Is that what we're to- I don't know. That's the end of Possession. <laughs> I think I probably need a bit of context, because I think you'd agree with me that it's, it, was, it stings. Well, no, can I just read? Can I just read mm. the paragraph in the Wikipedia synopsis? Like reception or, yeah. Well, no, this is socio political context. Yep. Can I just read this out? Mm. So, the director placed political subtext under the layer of expressive horror after deliberately choosing Berlin as it was the least remote point from Poland and other countries of the European socialist bloc. Mm-hmm. The plot of possession is not limited to an autobiographical description of a Difficult breakup. Fuck. That's yeah, I love that. It's okay. Good. It's not an autobiographical doppelganger, fucking space alien mutant tentacle. Anyway, sorry. Yes. I also love like burning down your ex partner's flat, killing her boyfriend. Difficult breakup has such like men's rights yeah. activists like incel mm. fucking energy. Every time, like this is the funny thing about doing coffee in the case note, right? Like online legal content. Whenever you get a comment that's like. Fucking judges and the law is bullshit. And it's like, mm, good work. The divorce didn't go well for you, champion, I expect. Anyway. So, fuck, this goes on for ages. Mm. Let me see if this makes sense. So, scholar Bartlemé Pizik mm. writes that the metaphors present in the film represent a disintegrating country. The very fact that the film takes place in Cold War era West Berlin mm. is quite significant for the metaphor of divorce. I love that they call it a divorce. Anyway, the wall that separates it from East Berlin being a symbol of disconnection of what was once united. Mm. The additional intention might have been for the Berlin Wall to symbolise the Iron Curtain. Berlin Wall is, like, it doesn't symbolise it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Mm. So... So, so the director had to leave Poland to keep making movies because Poland obviously was part of the Eastern Bloc. Mm. And this movie apparently is autobiographical about him needing to keep making movies. Like, that's what this film's about, apparently, according to the, you know, the scholarly readings of it. Is it significant in any way? How did it cross your radar, <laughs> Shay? Like, I think, I think I need to press you on it a bit. All right. So, I, I talk about mm. horror being this, like, utopia that mm. exists Outside of popular culture, but that's not entirely true. Mm. Like anything, 
it is a victim of uni culture where everyone all of a sudden will be talking about the same thing. Mm. Now, Possession recently got a, I think, Shudder, but got a re-release on one of the major streaming services. So, obviously, like, a lot of the horror accounts and the horror hashtags I follow started talking about it. I saw Sam Neill. I heard that this is, you know, a really wild film. Mm. I read the Wikipedia synopsis, and here we are in the Have Fun Club. Fucking finally. <laughs> Feeling bad for a while. Now we're in the Have Fun Club. We've got a left foot. We've got a right foot. We've got a yin. We've got a yang. It's on. To be honest, though, mm. I think the endings of our episodes are better in the Feel Bad Club. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have a favourite. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?